Welcome to Wyoming Web Ed Radio. This is James Capty, Wyoming teacher and buckaroo for our ride. I am back in the saddle with Joe Schroer, our UW expert professor joining us today. We are riding into week three of this amazing educational adventure. And in the first few weeks, we've had a, a chance to get to know a little bit about uh, your, your riders, your host of this show. And so today we're gonna, we're gonna start with a simple question for Joe and, and myself to how, how do we think COVID will make education better? How do we think COVID will make education better? So I'll answer this one first for us as we, as we think about, I think actually COVID has helped us with our communication. It, it's helped us with parents. I think it's helped an appreciation factor of all parts of education. And so I, I think that relationship amongst the, the, the entire village, if you will, has, has improved as a result of the coronavirus. We, we definitely get a chance to work better with each other. I, I think parents also appreciate what, we, what teachers go through when they have multiple students in their classroom. And so I think that support is going to be amazing uh, moving forward. And, and I hope that we can take that and run with it, if you will, and, and let that support turn into too many great things. So last week, we had a chance to interview about, we did our interview about virtual field trips and we did our follow-up with a teacher. And so this week we're taking a little bit different path. And so we're about to head them up and move them out because while web ed, here we come. We have talked about virtual field trips and now we're gonna talk about personalized learning. So please share your questions when they arise via the Zoom or YouTube. And, and we have a couple extra special guests joining us in a few weeks. Governor Mark Gordon and State Superintendent Jillian Bailo will be joining us. But, I mean, woo-hoo, doggies, that's, those are special guests. But we need our listeners. We need your help. So please submit your questions so we can make your voice heard and get your questions answered in that special episode. So I think we're ready to, to saddle up and, and move on. So let's give a wild web ed welcome to Linda Crawford, Nick Johnson, and Jerrica Taylor from Weston 7. Weston County School District is a, a public district based in Upton, Wyoming, and in the upper northeast corner of the state. We're trying to cover all sides of the state here. So welcome Linda, Nick, and Jerrica. Thank, Thank you. you. Thanks. We are so excited. So personalized learning took on a whole new importance over the last few months with COVID and all the fun it created. We thought it would be great to have an admin, a teacher, and a student join us today. Linda is our high school principal. Nick is our expert teacher. And we are excited enough for a yeehaw to have Jerrica joining us, a student riding with us today. So let's hit the first question. Let's get that out of the way right now. Linda, can you tell us what personalized learning looks like for your school and how it set your students up for success when the COVID situation blew into town? Sure. So personalized learning in our school 
allows our students and our teachers to work together and give students the opportunity to have some voice and choice in how they learn things, how they demonstrate their knowledge. Because it's very individualized, it gave them a lot of opportunity to, um, to work with individual students while they were at home as well as when they were at school. Most of our curriculum is, is on Canvas. Students have access to it. They have opportunities within those, those classes to select different ways of learning things, which could include group discussions or uh, a demonstration by a teacher or a lecture or research or whatever fits that student in that particular content the best. So student, students address standards and they work on those standards. They know what standards they have to meet and they work with the teacher to identify how they're gonna meet those standards. So none of that changed when we went uh, to virtual school. They continued to work on the standards they've been working on all along. They were very familiar with the learning management system that we use. And so their education did not have the lapse that a lot of high schools dealt with. So Linda, you, you, you bring up a, a great uh, a point in education that this idea of personalized learning is similar to the idea of differentiated learning where we, where we meet kids where they are and we give them uh, a, a chance to excel at, at what they know and, and show us and find different ways to show us what they know, not just the standard um, typical way. So Nick, what is the reason teachers should be excited about personalized learning? uh one if you like change it's definitely a change i would say um it keeps you evolving as a teacher um and and more importantly i think what happens is the relationship that you build with um your students that that is enhanced i would say tenfold i've noticed that um you know this is my fourth year going into this or this was but this last year was my fourth year and you know i, I know each kid very very well and i know we're a small school but anyway but the first year that i taught here uh we were traditionally taught school and i just didn't have those interactions that i had uh that i do now um because i'm constantly moving around the room seeing where kids at um helping them maybe giving them different sources on something that speaks to them a little bit more um but you talk about differentiation this is tailor-made to fit that um so so that that's very exciting, but again, it it goes down to relationships. Any any teacher will tell you that's where where it all starts, um, and then you build up from there. So um, I think that is is one thing that teachers can be um, very excited about. Well, well, that sounds awesome. So we we've got to get Jerica in here, uh, and from that student perspective, Jerica, you've had a few years of of quote unquote normal school, if you will. And I'm curious, how does it compare in your mind from a student perspective? How does personalized learning compare to quote normal school? Um, well, personalized learning, there's a lot more creativity. There's a lot more connection making with other people. Um, and there's a lot of problem solving. Like normal school, you would normally just go in there, listen to the teacher lecture you, then you go home and do your homework. But with uh, personalized learning, you get to get be creative on how you want to do your projects and how you want to learn what you're going to learn you get to make connections with people who are also interested in what you're doing and 
make connections with your teachers and everyone else like who needs help and who doesn't. And the problem solving, it, like you can decide whether you're good in this area or whether you're weak and whether you need to solve the problem of you being weak in that area. So you decide to do something that helps you get stronger. So there's, there's a big difference from quote unquote normal school than there is personalized learning. And, and you know, Joe, our, our guest uh, host on this one, our, he's a college professor and his biggest concern is like all college professors is are they prepared for the next step? Are they prepared to, to come to college? How do you think this prepared you to come to college? Um, well, your mentality is up there because well, you're a problem solver now. You got to think on, well, I got to get this done or it's not going to get done. Um, it's definitely going to help with college because you don't have a teacher sitting there behind you pushing you to telling you to do something. It's your own pace and you got to do it. And if you want to do good, you choose to do it on pace. And that's really going to help you in college because in college, you don't have a babysitter. You got to do it by yourself and be prepared for it. Yeah, that's what exactly what we're looking for. We're looking for problem solvers, critical thinkers, people who can be self-regulated learners. I love it, Jerrica. That's exactly what, what I, I love to see in the college classroom. So, Linda, we know that there had to be some heavy lifting involved with getting your teachers transitioned into this. And to en engage your teachers in this, this mindset, um, how, how did that look? What did, what did you do? What did that heavy lifting look like? How did you get them sold on it? Well, when we first started on this, we started out by reading a book called Inevitable, and we did a book study with that. And partway through the book study, one of the teachers says, you know, I think I really need to see what this looks like because it all looks fine on paper, but how can you actually do this in a school? How can every kid be working at a different pace in a different place in their curriculum on different standards? How, how does that work? So I took two core teachers and two career and technical ed teachers, and we went to a couple schools in Utah who were using this this pedagogy, this technique. And uh, after we had visited both these schools, we sat down in my hotel room and I just said, so what do you think? And it was a great discussion. It was discussion about, well, what about this? And what if that? And it was just, I was really blown away by the discussion they had. And at the end of it, they said, well, not only is this a good thing for our kids in Upton, I think this is something we owe our kids in Upton to do. And that was the beginning. And from there, we sent lots of teachers. I think every teacher in this district has visited a school somewhere that does personalized learning everywhere from South Dakota to California to just get a feel for what are the different options. Because if there's one thing we figured out, there is no one size fits all when it comes to personalized learning in schools. And we just really needed to have those conversations about what does that need to look like in Upton. And we included students in almost all of those visits because they are the ones that we're trying to create this ultimate learning situation for. So we really wanted their input on it. And once teachers got an opportunity to work in it, uh, there was a lot of them that said this is more work than being a first year teacher. 
but they also said, as Nick pointed out, um, there's great rewards to doing this. Linda, could you talk about that a little bit, or or even Nick, um, what what kind of preparation did you do for the teachers? Like, uh, was there a lot of work in the technology realm? Um, you, you know, what kind of what kind of pieces did you have to front load on this? Because this sounds like differentiated instruction on steroids kind of thing. So talk to me about that. So we, when we started out, what we did was we were told you should buy a canned curriculum to get started. So we did. Hindsight being 2020, I would not recommend that. So uh, we bought that program and then another company bought them out. So we had a different program the next year. And then by the third year, we realized we have to create our own curriculum. And so, Nick, I'll let you talk a little bit about how that looked and how that worked for teachers. Uh, yeah, the CAN curriculum, I always just called uh, training wheels to get us to this point. We always knew we wanted to move from beyond um, that point. But once we integrated Canvas in, it, it's like everything opened up even more. I was able to um, create my own uh, curriculum and and having known it better, I mean, I didn't, I, there was, it was me creating it. So I, was, I guess I was a little more um, in tune with it. And it was easier for me to teach to my kids and, and I could tweak it a lot easier. So, so that was very, very integral in, in where we're at today. I think that that is essential to have a good um, platform um, if you want to, if you want to be successful in this. So, yeah, so that definitely made my life easier, but, um, and I think, you know, every year now it's just about fine-tuning Canvas and, and, and keep changing that curriculum um, to make sure that it's as best as it can be. So that that's the, that's the mission now. But it's it's definitely um, from where I look back on that first year to where we're at today, as far as what our classrooms look like, um, to how our seatings were arranged, everything is is strikingly different. So so it's it's, it's an ongoing process for sure. Well, Linda's comment about one size fit all, it makes me think about cowboys. Uh, we, we don't ever try to fit one cowboy hat on all of us. And, and so that giving that differentiated approach that giving multiple options is a huge, huge piece. So when we rolled into COVID, lots of schools had issues and lots of students had issues. So Jerrica, talk to, talk to us about what that looked like when COVID hit and school changed uh, in a sense for you. Honestly, when COVID first came in, I think every student lost motivation. Every student was like, oh, it's just spring break. I mean, we'll hang in there. If we will get it done later, you know, it's just that procrastination. But later as it came, we were like, oh, this is serious. Like, we got to finish school. So then we got our motivation back and everyone got in a hurry to get it done and everything. But I feel like our school, it was a lot easier for our school because we do have our personalized learning to fall back on and we've been doing it for so long that it was just a lot easier to go through and do everything online like we have been normally just without going to school and doing it. So the motivation wasn't there at the beginning, but it was at the end and it was a lot easier to get done with the personalized learning. Well, I. I Truly thank you for your, your honesty on that. I think we did lose a little motivation at that switch. And I know Joe's foaming at the mouth to ask a question about motivation here. <laughs> I love motivation. I teach about motivation. It's big stuff. So talk to me, Jerrica, though, about, where you know, 
you weren't connected with your classmates. And I feel like this personalized learning thing, I feel like it disconnects you from teachers and classmates. Is that true? Or, or were, you know, when you hit the COVID, were you, did you find that motivation through your classmates? Or, or, you know, talk to me about these connections and your peers. What, what kind of role your peers play in this personalized learning thing? There's definitely a big connection between you and your classmates especially during the COVID thing, because if you were confused about something and the teacher was in a lecture with another class, you would go ahead and go on a Zoom meeting with them or text them real quick and be like, hey, do you know this? Like, I need your help. Can you help me with it? And I like it with the personalized learning. It definitely, it doesn't drag you apart. It brings you closer because you know you can ask that person because they've either been there or they're going through it the same time as you. Maybe they're stronger in it than you. And there was motivation through your classmates because you'd look at some people with the personalized learning that are already done with school. And it was the second week of the COVID and they had so much motivation to just get done with school so they didn't have to go back when COVID got back. So they just got done and that you'd look at it and you'd be like, whew. I better get my butt in gear. Right, right. <laughs> so, Got to yeah. kick those spurs in. Heck yeah. yeah so was, that's where the motivation came from is seeing that where everyone else is at with the personalized learning. So it definitely helps. And especially knowing that you can have someone to fall back on. Right on, right on. Thanks so much. Hey, Nick, would you jump in on this too? Talk to me a little bit about this connection. Do you, do, were you able to keep those connections through COVID uh, because you already had this structure set up? Uh, yeah, absolutely. So I didn't have to worry about developing material. I, I had everything already in Canvas and then who had to work it. So I didn't necessarily need to change um, my classwork. I didn't have to find a, a platform to, to throw everything on at the last minute. So, so we, since, since we already had that, I could work on the other things, you know, that, um, just emails, emailing students constantly, uh, setting up my um, lecture classes, trying to set individual conferences up with, with students that maybe were, were behind or, or struggling a little bit. Um, the, the, the nice thing about it was that every kid's at their own pace. So, um, you know, some kids, I would just do a check-in, you need anything? Nope, they're good, they're flying through the curriculum. Um, and then other kids, you had that, that personal kind of um, I would be doing conferences one out face to face either through Zoom or, or through the camp what's built in in Canvas um, with a lot of students that normally would have struggled or probably fallen through the cracks. So for me, that was that was awesome to see. I didn't lose contact with maybe those kids that normally you would have contact, lost contact with. I will say at first I felt like kind of a bill collector trying to get kids, you know, calling them nonstop, trying to get them, you know, where you at? Um, they wouldn't answer. And then eventually everybody did. Every kid finished. Every kid finished for my class. Not one, and I think a lot of that had to do with just, you know, I, I don't know, I, it just, um, just, I wasn't worried about my curriculum. I didn't have to change or put anything new in there, so I could focus more on contact with my students. So, yeah, so I thought, you know, it wasn't nothing, it, was, it wasn't like the easiest thing in the world, but it was, it was pretty dang smooth, I'll say that. Well, thanks, Nick. As I, I'm thinking about all of your answers, and, and I think about the process that you guys went through as we wrap up today's interview I think you know it's nice because in Wyoming we don't have to send teachers and and administrators to Utah to get that background we can send them to up to Upton up to Weston 7 and get some conversations with some students and teachers and really uh, get that experience and build those in their districts around the state so 
I truly appreciate all three of you, uh, Linda, Nick, and Jerrica, taking time to join us today and share your story with, with the state of Wyoming, with all of us. I, I think it's a great story, and I'm, I'm really appreciative that you shared it. So. Thanks for having us. We appreciate yeah. it. Thank you. Yeah, thanks. Next week, we saddle up for a conversation about Home, home on the range where the deer and Whoa, 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 James. Hold on. It's not home on the range. It's open range, uh, Wyoming. Well, that sounds a lot better. I, I was kind of confused, but open range, Wyoming is an amazing uh, a set of resources that we get to talk about next week, and we're excited, and we hope to have you join us. But it's that time. Next week, same time, same place. Happy trails to you until we see you next Tuesday.